0: Hey, uh, uh, Editor, please go ahead and turn down the music here. Thank you. I have an important announcement. Okay, so I just want to let you guys know up front that this is a little bit of a different episode here. I am talking to uh, Gothic Popsicle, actually, is her. uh, Gothic underscore Popsicle is her name on Reddit as well as OnlyFans. I've decided that... I wanted to take a little bit of a different approach here going forward. I want to try to get some more guests on uh, who are not only interested in video games, but as well as uh, people who do not save for work content. I I kind of wanted to do a little bit of a series. I actually have a couple of people uh, that I have lined up, and Gothic Popsicle just happened to be the one, uh, like literally I met her on Reddit, and then like, I think I I met her on Reddit like two days ago, and then literally here I am doing the interview with her uh, real quick, real fast. There were some audio issues. If you just stick with the podcast, it'll happen. I don't know what my computer was doing. But again, Gothic underscore Popsicle is where you can find her. So you can browse through her videos on OnlyFans, browse through her pictures on OnlyFans, or you can go out to Reddit and browse through her uh, Reddit pictures. She does have some safe-for-work content, uh, but... As you'll find out, a lot of our content is, is quite not safe for work. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and jump back on into it here. And I'm going to let uh, let the episode pick up where it left off. And I hope that you enjoy Gothic Popsicle as much as I did during the interview. Thank you, and with it being the 4th of July, if you have 10 fingers, 10 toes, I hope you come back with the same number of fingers and toes that you have, uh, that you started with, as well as uh, everything else uh, on your body. So please be safe, be kind, be gentle, and everyone love everyone. So enjoy the 4th of July. I hope that you had a good one, or I hope you're going to have a good one, as this does come out Saturday morning. So on to the actual good content. everybody, welcome back to Parrot Gaming Productions, where my name is Jared, and I am the host as always. This week I actually have a very special guest. This is something that actually took off real quick, real fast. I was not expecting to literally have it done in about two days. Uh, so Caroline, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself real quick?
1: Sure, yeah. Hey everybody, I'm Caroline, and before we get started, Jared, I just wanted to make sure that your microphone had the right orientation so the audio doesn't come through sideways.
0: Oh, oh I, I, you know what? I cannot believe that you listened to that last episode. Yet.
1: I did. Yeah. Hey, I'm prepared. I can't,
0: I can't believe I had that stupid thought in my head. I was like, yep, it's sideways. It's going to come out sideways.
1: No, I loved it. It was absolutely a thought I would have had as well. So uh, kindred spirits.
0: I appreciate it. It is, it is orientated correctly. Beautiful.
1: All right. In that case, I'm ready to go.
0: All right. Well, uh, so Caroline is an indiv- is a uh, individual or a content creator that I found on uh, on Reddit. I-, I I told you guys I have a fascination with some of the more not safe for work uh, content, and I invited Caroline to come on the show and talk to us a little bit about some stuff. And through a many little conversation, a phone conversation that we had to begin with, found out that she was about as into board games as I was to into video games and board games as well. Um, you You told me you have a number of different games that you like to. You kind of lean into that nerdy genre. um I had yeah. looked uh, I had looked at some of the games that you actually play, and there seems to be a theme of world building around it what What about the world building kind of aspects really brings brings out the nerd in you? Oh, that's a really good question,
1: yeah. um. Reddit has been a lot of fun. So I will say before we even get started, Reddit was new to me um, mm-hmm. as of a few months ago. And one of the things that I have loved about it are, is the ability to kind of drill into a niche and really explore it with other people who are passionate about it. So whether it's the not safe for work stuff or the nerdy stuff or both ideally, um, that's been really fun. And um I, yeah, I guess I've I've done some world building on Reddit as well and um <laughs> there is an element of gaming to me that I think what's most appealing is getting to engage my kind of strategic brain muscles. Um so I I'm an academic, I'm an intellectual when I'm not, you know, uh making naked content on the internet. And um you know, any game that allows me to kind of dive in and assume a character in the case of like a role-playing game like D, or to build an engine in a game like terraforming mars or a game where you have to really think strategically um that just gets me going i love it so it's what brought me to gaming in the first place and it's why I've it stayed
0: how long have you actually been uh as you call it analog gaming
1: Um, yeah, I have to differentiate myself from the video gamers because I'm just not as into that, unfortunately. Um, So yeah, way back when, when I was in college, we used to do a poker night. And uh, we would do these poker nights all the time. We loved poker. And then one night, somebody brought over a board game. And I wish I could remember which game it was. Um, But it was such a hit that it just like immediately caused our whole group to pivot from poker to board games and then from board gaming, it actually like completely changed my social landscape. I started to meet all of these other people that were really into these Euro games. And um, at this point in my life, I mean, these are the people I vacation with, like literally we, we book these big houses, we'll get like 30, 40 people for a whole weekend. We board game, we go to Gen Con every year, which is a huge board gaming convention in Indianapolis. So there's a huge social element to me for me that it has been um, really positive And I would say it's defined in large part, probably the last decade or so of my life.
0: That's that's, you know, uh, that's actually amazing because there's a there's a podcast that I think I told you about called PKA or painkiller already. It's a it's a group of four, four three or four guys. Uh, that do this similar thing. Like this year, they're taking a Colorado trip out to a, a, a you know an Airbnb, and you're going playing Magic the Gathering. They're they're going and doing all these things together as a group, just like you've you've done that with people. And so it's not uncommon. Yep. But you know, uh, I, I don't know how old you are. But uh, I think you're maybe this sim- mm-hmm.
1: I will be forty next month, so I will okay. happily date my age. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, so you're a little bit older than I am. I'm thirty four. But I mean, to to think of somebody that I've been friends with for as long as I've been a child, tri- you know, since I've been younger, because I didn't I didn't go to college. I went. Uh, I just went straight into the military at the age of eighteen. But I don't have many friends that have been there since you know X amount of time. Like you know, every time I move on, I I just I. I gather a friend and then I leave as soon as sort of have that that establishment in analog gaming. I can see why you've stuck with it for so long,
1: yeah, and I think it appeals to a um my kind of personality type. Um, I'm you know I like games that are or I, I guess if I'm gonna socialize, I want there to be a kind of intellectual element to it. um a lot of my friends are like that and uh, so, you know, around the table, there's a lot of just banter and um, we'll get into everything from like culture to philosophy to politics, whatever. Um, so and I think gaming can kind of um, be a wonderful platform for healthy competition and, you know, you, you can kind of get I don't know, get some of that energy out um and on the other hand you can also disappear for a while like one of the the things I love about gaming is it will pull you in and it's like your phone ceases to matter and you know time passes and you're just kind of in in the zone um really focused on the people you're with and the thing you're doing and that to me is so appealing because you know life is intense (laughs) adulting is intense and it's such a a welcome distraction and uh, escape I guess without the consequences of other forms of escape
0: No, for sure. Like I, I found myself uh, at Fallout 4 is a, is a game that I heavily played for a while there. And in Fallout 4, you can build settlements, you know, you can actually build houses and, and, and apartments and just all this other stuff with some of the mods. And, you know, I'll be like, oh, let's throw on a podcast. And next thing I know, I've listened to four episodes, you know, it's four and a half hours long. And I'm just like, oh, snap, I got to go to bed. So I, I totally get that world building experience that you got. And I mean, you know, D&D. Like uh, you would mentioned that's a game where you can sit down, and next thing you know, it's two in the morning,
1: oh, heck, yeah. I mean, we at this point, our group will not schedule uh, a session unless we can devote at least six hours to it because it just the time <laughs> passes in a way that you know it just evaporates, and you're 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 in a totally different realm, and you're building a world and you're building a character and you're building a a campaign, you know the the interaction between the different players and if you game with people for a while, and I'm actually fairly new to D&D and to role playing games really? in general. I think, I've, yeah, I think I played my first campaign of any kind of RPG, probably three or four years ago. And um, I played a few different systems. And um, if you game with the same people for a while, you start to kind of learn their mannerisms and the types of characters that mm-hmm. they play. And um, the game just becomes richer and more interesting and more engaging.
0: Yeah, because you know what Timmy or Sarah is going to do so you can counter that with something that's, uh, you know, of equal value.
1: Exactly. And you can balance your party. So if you're going to have somebody that, you know, plays a fighter and, you know, all muscle and and big heavy weapons (laughs) and maybe you want to play a spellcaster and, you know, have a different set of abilities. So it's fun.
0: So I I I kind of had a couple D&D questions planned out but I was I wasn't sure how in depth you were with it. Uh with it being your first experience, what was uh what was your first experience with D&D?
1: Um I think the first real campaign that I kind of saw through to the end was Curse of Strahd and this was one that we did during the lockdown. So we had okay. our little um pod and um we're gonna get into my relationship status probably a little bit later, but I am Polly and so I'm married and we're in a relationship with another couple. And so the beautiful thing about that is you have a ready made D D crew. <laughs> so we uh we used the lockdown to kind of see this Curse of Straw campaign through. And um that was really fun. Um, I had done some one-off sessions before that and like other smaller worlds. I did a Starfinder campaign at one point um, that we didn't get to finish because of COVID. And I've done everything from like very unstructured games. Like I played root uh, the RPG, which was really fun. Um, And then I've done, uh, there was one that was set in like a dystopic out West. I can't even remember what it was called, but that one was also really fun. So there's so there's like something for everybody, but Mm -hmm. the curse, broad campaign was neat because it was like structured enough that you felt like you had goals and milestones that you're working towards but um also like lots of side quest options that were fun and we had some hilarious moments as a, a party
0: in that campaign so
1: it was a lot of fun
0: i was uh i, I a lot of people that i know that play D do not like to play as the dungeon master are you more of a pc or a, a dungeon master
1: Oh, I am definitely not a DM. I love to be a character. And I love to just totally devote myself to that one character. I think I would love, you know, creating and playing NPCs if I was a DM, but Mm -hmm. I kind of love just not being in control. And that, (laughs) that plays out in all sorts of aspects of my life that we can talk about later. But I love, um, yeah, just being able to focus on my one character.
0: I, was, uh, I, I DM a lot for uh, my friends just simply because I, I love that aspect of it. I love the ability to tell a story, to create something. Yeah. And I, I like to try, to try to anticipate what people are doing. Uh, to tell you the truth, being a DM is absolute pure chaos. I think I spent two months on a campaign, a homebrew campaign. I built a very small world f- for something just small and simple for people to run through. I think it took one of the uh, player characters... 15 minutes to try to do something outside of my world that I was not even close or prepared for and I was like alright well this is the path we're going on so yeah it, it, it's fun and I left the front door unlocked to a building that they were supposed to go into listening to them try to figure out how to break into this house that is already open for 20 minutes is one of the most hilarious things in the world too so <laughs>
1: I think, and that's the fun, like, in what other context can you have that level of just absurdity, you know, and it's like, that's what makes it so fun is you have these epic moments that are just, you know, it's the joke that you can't really retell to anyone else. So it's, it's fun to just be there and be present in that moment and have something hilarious and ridiculous happen.
0: Do you have any, uh, like, go to dice? Because I have this uh, pink speckled uh, d20 that if I need a good roll, I'm gonna go for it.
1: Yeah. yeah, I totally I have a pink speckled set. And then I got a super sweet set <laughs> uh, at a smaller con that is glow in the dark. And it's like a metal set and it has like glow Ooh. in the dark, um, you know, sides to it. And you better believe as soon as I bought it, I like ran into the bathroom and was like hiding in the corner <laughs> with them under my shirt trying to see if they indeed glowed in the dark and they do. So it,
0: it, do you do you find metal dice to be superior than uh, plastic?
1: I do in most contexts um, where I don't like them is when a stray one, like a D4 ends up on the floor and you step on it and it's like the universe is no longer a benevolent place and you just want (laughs) to die. Like Legos have a bad rep, but like you haven't experienced foot pain until you've stepped on a D4 in the night, especially a metal one.
0: I, I've been I've been figuring if I want to buy a metal set of die, I always see them. They look absolutely gorgeous. But I just I'm like, I can't I can't justify $30 on a metal on some metal dice I rarely ever use.
1: know. <laughs> I know. Someday.
0: Do you, do you have you any? Splurge. Yeah, someday I'll splurge. Do you have like a favorite uh, PC to play at all?
1: So I have found that I am definitely drawn to characters that have a little bit of everything. So I've played uh, when we did Curse of Strata, it was a ranger, so I had okay. some combat abilities, I had some spell casting, some healing. Um, I love that kind of character. So now I'm doing Icewind Dale. I'm playing a druid, and I, you know, same same type of character, some a uh, little bit more spell casting ability than my ranger, um, and. For a long time, I was very drawn to bar, the you know playing a bard because I feel like in real life, that's <laughs> kind of the bucket that I fall into. I'm very, I mean, like a raging extrovert. I love meeting new people. <laughs> I think I, t- I took a Myers-Briggs test once and I came back at like 97% extroverted or something. Wow. Um, so I am the real life bard. I love bringing people together, like meeting people. Um, so actually... I've tried to play characters that are a little bit more of like a, a recluse, like my ranger character didn't like people very much. Um, so that's allowed me to kind of play with different personality types, which is cool. But that's fair. spells are fun. So why not do spells?
0: Yeah, I've, I uh do you guys when you play because one of the one of the parts that I like to throw into homebrews is everyone's like, well, to cast lightning, you need, you know, a newt's foot and all this other stuff. I'm like, just cast your spell. You don't need that nonsense. We do you guys kind of like skip on that? Or are you pretty do. by the book?
1: We do. And like our DM, you know, sometimes um I have I have two kids and they'll play with us sometimes. So I think he's He's learned to be a little bit more lax so that they're not, you know, driven crazy by all of these kinds of rules. And, you know, I think my style of gaming is to, like, wear everything kind of lightly. I've played with people who are really hardcore and that can be not as fun. Um, mm. So I tend to go into it a little bit more lighthearted. And, and that's how I prefer.
0: Have you been team killed yet?
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, man, I need to think back. I don't think so. I mean, I know that's like it's probably kind of like a badge of honor. I'm going to have to earn it at some point.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I've never. I Well, I, I technically have been player kill, PC killed, uh, but that was like at the very, very beginning because I rolled like a, a bunch of ones in a roll, And it was f- like the first time I played D&D. That was like my introduction to d and D. I I was like, oh, this game sucks. This game <laughs> is
1: terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, I know d and d is is kind of what you just uh, why don't you because uh, I'm gonna use the word crunchy here and not all of everybody knows what crunchy is so why don't you tell me what your definition of crunchy means for yeah windows?
1: i don't I don't think this is an industry word it was a word that somebody used around me once or maybe I just used and it stuck but um I use it to describe games that are on the heavier end that have, you know, you unbox it and you've got a huge player tableau and a giant board and 73 components and 14 different mechanics. And um, the the example that I use uh, was is a game called Lisboa by um, a game maker named Lacerda that friends of mine introduced me to. Um, and his games are notoriously uh, complex. And so I remember when we the first time I played one of his games, I think we started at 11 o'clock at night and it took us two hours to get through the rules. It was uh. like, people were like ready to get up and leave the table. However, <laughs> um, I have, I'm have i a glutton for intellectual punishment. I went to an Ivy League school for my master's degree. So clearly I'm, I like to be challenged. And where I uh, thrive is in that space where you're presented a really complex problem and you have to just kind of, churn your way through it. So there are games that cater to that kind of you know, where you have kind of steam coming out of your ears because you're thinking so hard. And I just I love that. So
0: I I did that's a crunchy game. I did actually cause I remember you you said that you love Liz Lisboa and I was like, all right, so I gotta check this game out. I gotta figure out what it is. Every video I found on the internet to even slightly understand Lisboa was twenty plus minutes.
1: <laughs> There's a great um I think it's sit down shut up it's these two british guys that review games i think they did one on lisboa at one point that is is um kind of breaks it down a little bit little bit but yeah it's it's complex um i've played it a couple of times and enjoyed it he does a game called the gallerist that's really good where you're mm-hmm. curating art for a gallery mm-hmm. um and you know in each case what ends up happening i think i said this to you on our call is each of your turns you have 18 things you want to do yep. and you can do two and so you have to really think ahead and, um, yeah, it puts you into that state of just, uh, blow for me where it's like, I'm not thinking about anything except the game. And that to me is, is really fun.
0: Is, uh, cause *Lizboa*, for those that don't know, the very, very uh, short synopsis is basically an apocalypse happened and you're rebuilding, uh, what's what city are you rebuilding?
1: I think the city is just called Lisboa, isn't it? Isn't it like por- in Portugal or something? Yeah,
0: it's in. I, I, I remember watching it and then I took like a nap right afterwards. So I don't know how much actually Lisbon. stuck. Oh, Lisbon. It's, yeah. Lisbon. And uh, they're like. I, I was listening to the guy talk as I was eating lunch, too, and it's just there, you know, it's like, oh, you could do this, you could do that, and it's just like, and he kept going, and I was like, is he going to stop at some point in time? or? like <laughs> So there is a lot to do in the game. Is there any aspect that you really, really like about the game, or is it just that whole, you know, let's go back to the intellectual challenge, and we're building a world?
1: Um, that's a good question. So I think in most games that I really like, you have you have a starting point. So for terraforming Mars, for example, you're going to select a corporation mm-hmm. and that corporation is going to have, it's going to give you some kind of perk. So it's going to give you a discount or something, or it's going to allow you to double, you know, this resource or, and what that does is it gives you a starting point for a strategy. So it's like, all right, well, I get double points if I do this. So I'm going to focus on that type of card and it gives you a starting point point. and a good game gives you a direction because otherwise it's just overwhelming. You're looking at this huge board and this huge tableau and exactly. how do I possibly know where to start? And and Lacerda games are that way too. You'll usually be given something that will give you a direction and then you kind of go down that rabbit hole and see where it leads. And I find that, you know, a game is always more fun the second time because it's you've unlocked something the first time. You're like, oof, okay, I get this mechanic now and the next time I'm going to you know, I'm going to know what to do and I'm going to try that or I'm going to try this instead or whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, I, I think you should have a starting point and it gives you a little bit of direction. Uh,
0: uh, would this be an accurate description of terraforming, terraforming Mars? It's, it's kind of like Settlers of Catan but with uh, Mars and terraforming it to make it a, co- a colony, I guess? Yeah.
1: So yeah. you're collecting resources just like you do in Catan. You're, you're, um, each turn you're uh, there's a deck building element to the extent that you can buy cards to add to your hand that you then play to, to, to perform certain actions. You're collecting money. You're using that money to fund the different activities that you want to do on Mars. And as Mars becomes terraformed, the the oceans are being built and the temperature is going up. And that allows you to activate other mechanics in the game. So you might have cards that only become active once you've reached, you know, four degrees Celsius or whatever. So, um there is, it's a little bit more complex than Catan, but it has a lot of the same, uh, underlying mechanics of resource gathering and funding, um, your movement and your decision-making as you play the game.
0: Is is there, uh, cause I know when, when we we're talking about, uh, oh, who is this? Uh, maybe I could see it here if I blow it up. No, uh. There's a three-minute board games is the gentleman is the YouTube video where I found a lot of the games that you were talking about. They do really good, uh, really good stuff. And then there's a before you play people who taught me about Lisboa. Uh, but when when you play these games, because I know you were talking about where you get super competitive, or <laughs> you know you you get coop. Okay, yeah. What? So are you are you more of a competitive person or cooperative?
1: It really depends on the type of game that I'm playing. There are some great cooperative games. So I mentioned Pandemic. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's a great kind of starter cooperative game or Forbidden Island. Um, But then if it's a competitive game, yeah, I mean, I'm, (laughs) I'm going to win. And it's funny, you know, we have one friend in our group who uh is just a brilliant guy he's a brilliant gamer he's one of my closest friends and he uh like he's so good at gaming that if i come in second to him i feel like i've won you know it's like oh well you know i lost to brian but that's pretty much like winning (laughs) you know (laughs) um so there is definitely a competitive side of like if i beat if i come in first yeah that's that's worth celebrating i'm gonna work for that but on the other hand i don't I never go into a game feeling like I'm going to be disappointed if I lose. Like the game is the experience itself, you exactly. know? And um, so it's all fun.
0: Yeah. And uh, I just want to apologize to you as well as to the listeners. I live in a trailer park. Um, I, I, I'm very, you know, very Wisconsinite living in a trailer park. I make cheese for a living. And <laughs> the people around me absolutely. That's a
1: noble cause. <laughs> you are doing God's work, my friend. Let me tell you.
0: Oh yes, uh, but the people around me love their fireworks and their guns. And it is Fourth of July. It is the second right now, and uh, yeah. I've already seen many, many people letting out fireworks. So if you hear loud pops in the background, I'm I'm not getting shot at. I guarantee it's just fireworks. So I apologize if you okay. hear big pops. Um, so speaking of of the competitive's and the kind of you know like winning and losing, I have that's that's how I am with my buddy Alex. If I can get second place or like, if I just don't get last place, I'm like, that's a win for me. Um, there was that one super competitive game where you said you don't talk to anybody. I don't know if you mentioned to me or not, but what was that game called?
1: Oh, no, I think I mentioned the only game I've played that like led to a legit argument in real life. I think, mm-hmm. is that yeah. what you're thinking? Of, yes. Food, chain, food yeah. chain magnate. So it's, this is more of a, a niche game. It's not super popular, it, you're building a restaurant empire and it is cutthroat where the game is exceptional is that there is no not a single element of luck in this game so mm. if you take any game even like uh Terraforming mars there is still the element of what cards do you happen to draw off the deck or um what corporation do you end up with at the start uh so there is that kind of undetermined element of the game food chain magnate is a game completely driven by player choice so if you lose there is nothing to blame but yourself <laughs> if you win it's because you have played the best game so on that note it's it's a really great game um on the other side of it though it is incredibly cutthroat so i had i had a move that i had been building towards for probably three or four turns No, it was like this is the move and then right before my turn my friend uh made <laughs> an even better move and absolutely demolished my business and my plans and like you know it's it's petty, it's silly, but like, hey, we still get you know we still have our moments, so I not my proudest moment, but food chain magnate was definitely the one game that I was like, now nah, I'm good. it's gonna be a no for me going forward this is those was two cutthroat for me.
0: I, I did hear a slight hesitancy for you to call uh, call that individual your friend, so I, I, I feel the the I feel the pettiness behind it.
1: <laughs> I'm a partner so we'll get we'll get to that later.
0: Oh all right, well, fair enough. um i I had a bunch of questions, but this is exactly what I thought would happen, which is great. Uh, we're just uh, f- kind of going with stuff. So uh, it sounds like there are have you ever had a game where you were you were playing it you're just like, yeah, no dog, I'll pass on all of this.
1: Um, yes, okay, I have a story for you okay I do I do not have very good spatial awareness when it comes to games. I'm decent in real life like i I do a lot of trail running, I do mountain biking, rock climbing, all of those require really good spatial awareness. I know where my body is in space on a board game i if if I have to reorient physical shapes in my brain, I'm terrible at that. So yeah. there are there is a game there a style of game called programming games. So Lords of Zidit is one that I've played. Robo Rally is another one that I've played. And what what programming means is you determine the way that your character you um, if you uh, another game is um, X Wing Star Wing uh, Star Wars X Wing where you're basically determining the movement of your character or your piece before you actually execute it. So everybody has a uh, you know a little disc or some kind of mechanic where they're determining I'm going to make this move. You all reveal at the same time and then you make that move. So I am so bad at being able to like determine how my movement could be impacted by other people's movement. And I played this game called Robo Rally, which not only required everybody else to program the movement of their robot. I had to program my robot, but then the board activates. So your character makes a move. And then the board itself moves. It's, hard, it's kind of difficult to, dis- to describe. I encourage the listeners to look it up because it is a fun game. My poor robot fell off of that board so many times that my friends were like out of sheer pity were like <laughs> letting me rejoin this game, even though my robot was <laughs> very, very dead and I had no right to be, you know, still sitting at this table. Um, but after playing one game of Robo Rally, I determined that this was a game that I was just not going to play again. You know, for the good of the robot. You know, <laughs> poor little guy.
0: I so. to- totally understand. Uh, with, with some of the games, that, that it kind of leads me to thinking of how you told me you were able to find some g- game breaks in Dominion. Uh, A lot of a lot of what I hear is called like meta play uh, where uh, in Call Mm -hmm. of Duty people have specific weapon setups because they're the quote unquote best or this is the quote unquote best Magic the Gathering cards. Do you have any games where you're so good at the meta that you just like go into just, uh, you know, I guess you would call it robot mode and you just, you know, play it out because you're like this will win everything.
1: Um, I don't know that I'm smart enough to like retain <laughs> a strategy um where I could like come back to a game again and again. I will say I got tired of Dominion because I did figure out a, an an effective combo of cards. Um, you know, some people like to if if you're familiar with Dominion, some people like to have like a really big deck with a lot of different cards going on. I yeah. actually discovered that I would purge a lot of cards and have a very very lean very powerful deck so that i was going through the same uh the same kind of combinations of five cards pretty regularly like every few turns and um i found that if i combined certain cards in that game i would win just about every time and it that to me that's not very fun so yeah. um for the listeners if you like dominion um it's a version of, of the game it's
0: uh, all right i'm gonna have to tap tap the computer here to get you back in line with the internet and tell it to do what i want it to do uh you kind of came across garbled there uh you you said uh to get an expansion
1: pack it's not an expansion it's a different game can you oh, hear me okay
0: yes you are back online the internet is doing what i want it to do
1: yay internet you're a success story. Um, <laughs> the The game is Ascension. So it's a similar game to Dominion. It's a deck building game. It's just better, in my opinion. There's more happening and it's more, slightly more complex, but not enough that it's going to be any harder to learn. And I find it's more playable over time. So Dominion, got, I got tired of Dominion. I, like I figured out all of the cards really quickly. Ascension is a game. So it's just more fun.
0: All right. I have a very random off-topic question that's not even entirely about gaming. Uh, what's your What's your take on fizzy water? Does it taste like static TV or is it good?
1: No, I love fizzy water. We go through uh, just boxes of seltzer in my house.
0: Okay, you said, you said seltzer. I, I'm leaning away towards that. What do you get? Like, What is your branded choice?
1: So, we get whatever Aldi's is willing to deliver on a particular week, but um, they have a lot of LaCroix, which is supposed to be fancy, but I don't find it particularly fancy. Um, I like the Limoncello. Yeah. Uh, I know, I know. It's a very divisive topic. So, I mean, for the sake of keeping everybody's attention and not having them hang up on us, we should should be tread lately.
0: I if uh, I I throw this out there because this is what I get because uh, Walmart I know is the devil but the devil sells amazing uh, sparkling water it's called Clear American comes it's in delicious. Yeah. black cherry and th- mm. th- that's actually the flavor I'm drinking right now
1: that is the best one you've made the best choice so
0: Congrats. I w- I would say the cotton candy or the creamsicle is better than black cherry but black cherry has that bite that's just beautiful so it is but they're all good all right back to uh, Kind of gaming. We're gonna make a little bit of a transition here because we've we've covered basically everything I wanted to cover. Uh, so I remember that you uh, you know you you started to lean heavy into the nerdy aspect of this uh, OnlyFans and the Reddit not not safe for workspace. Where did that idea to blend the two come into play?
1: Probably. Because my group of friends are really nerdy and really kinky. So I'm like, there has to be... When I got onto Reddit and I started to realize, ooh, there's like a subreddit for everything. Like every weird, dark, shadowy corner of the internet and of human interest. So, you know, naturally, there must be a place for kinky geeks. And of course, I immediately found a whole bunch of subreddits devoted to just that. Like, I have found my people. I found my space on the internet. And Reddit has been very good to me. So I'm... Grateful to be there and grateful for the kinky nerds to uh, continue to show me love
0: and affection. So with the with the kinky nerds that show you the love and affection, have you realized uh, that cosplay might be an avenue that you would take?
1: Yeah, I've done some cosplay. So um, okay. a few years back, the first year I went to Gen Con, we uh, had some friends and we did some <laughs> battle Disney princesses. So I actually okay. built my own armor out of nice. Worbla. And I did Merida from Brave. So I'm, I do traditional <laughs> archery as one of the many, many hobbies that I have. Um, so I actually took my actual recurve bow with me to Gen Con. And um, I did a whole Merida cosplay. And think, somewhere, if you go de- deep enough into my page, you will find a picture of me in my um, Merida costume because I posted it in a cosplay subreddit.
0: Uh, I have to ask this because I was young and dumb once and I had a recurve bow. Did you ever go... What happens if I fire an arrow straight up in the air?
1: I did not, but my husband did, and he's the oldest of five, and somehow they all escaped, but they were all running (laughs) and screaming, uh, (laughs) waiting for the arrow to fall. Oh, I also, I have to say, I did a a Bulma cosplay. So I've never really watched a lot of Dragon Ball V, but I have Mm. the right color hair. So a fan approached me and said, you have to do a Bulma cosplay. So I did, and um, I decided to, of course, take it in a kinky direction, so I posted some um, BDSM-themed Boma Bul- shots that were really fun, and um, yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. So I'm looking forward to doing some more of that kind of cosplay.
0: I, I will say, if you want to get into Dragon Ball, because I've seen uh, like everything. I grew up on Toonami. I mean, that was, that was literally me running off the bus, running home to catch Toonami at the right time to watch Dragon Ball Z. There's a group on uh, YouTube, and I'm actually re-watching this series right now, called Team Four Star. They do uh, an abridged, redone version where it's uh, it's funnier. They add more character to people, so it's quicker, faster, and the story's a little bit funnier. I would ha- highly encourage you, if you want to watch like something yeah. that's a little bit better, do Team Four Star. If not, watch Dragon Ball Z Kai. They cut out a lot of filler uh, because otherwise you could sit down for a couple of days and watch just nonsense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I ain't no one got time for that, so.
0: <laughs> I, I do have to ask cuz this is something that has come up uh quite a lot for me. I I have a uh, I have I I guess you would call it a little bit of anger towards people who uh you know who Jessica Negri is.
1: I do not. No.
0: I would highly encourage you to look her up, but she's is very uh she's very well endowed uh in, in the chess <laughs> region and she's just naturally very very busty and she does a lot of cosplays. I like how she doesn't take it hypersexualized. Like she did an Assassin's Creed black flag where she was very true to the character. And I'm like, okay. And then I see some where they're like, oh, this is Assassin's Creed black flag. And then it's just like these little nipple pasties. And I'm like, that's not really a cosplay, that's like two stickers. Do you do you tend to push more towards the this is, you know, the character, this is what I'm gonna do, or are you more like, hey, let's let's hypersexualize something here?
1: oh no so i i am a theater kid i was in theater my whole life all the way up through high school and college and so i am very true to the character so when i did balma i had um i did quite a a deep dive into uh kind of little accessories so i the sneakers the socks the neck neckerchief Mm -hmm. um i tried to be as true to the character as possible i think if you're trying to appeal to fans they want to see the the character as they know the character. So obviously they want your spin on it, and mm-hmm. you know I'm posting and not safe for for work subreddit, So there's yeah. going to be an element of yeah. of sexuality, obviously. But um, I tried to do my best, and and same same with my Merida. It's got a a chest plate, and it's an open. You know, uh, my my tummy is bare, and it's a sexualized version of her. But it is very much. Um, in, in my estimation a, a decent representation of her character
0: perfect yeah I, I'm a big fan of like I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna, if you're gonna do something sexualized like sprinkle it in there especially for somebody like Meredith or bulma in that case I mean she she has her moments you know she definitely has her moments but you as long as you play true to that character and keep it more true to the character I'm, I'm quite happy yeah. uh and that is that is a very uh a thing that a lot of the the, the community would like is is there more of a correlation between a specific kind of kink that the nerds find that you might not find out in the wild or or kind of how does how does the, the nerd kink correlate and, and tie into that
1: oof so this is more i guess me speculating from my own anecdotal experience but obviously role play if you're if you're into D&D you're into role play you're mm-hmm. into imagination i think sexuality should be fun it should be curious it should be an opportunity to explore, especially, I mean, obviously establishing trust with your partner is important to give you that space to explore. But when it's done well, I think it should be um, every bit as adventurous and fun and ridiculous. I think you have to have like a sense of humor. Uh, So, you know, nerds uh, in general, I think are good about that. Um, There are, of course, the sub you know, there's always that group that will be, you know, very critical and and very whatever. But for the most part, I think they tend to be um, lighthearted and uh, playful. And that's what I think um, the role play is the first kind of overlap that uh, comes to mind. But I think, um, I think with with nerds having uh, that intellectual component, and bringing that into sexuality a little bit, like being willing to kind of um, explore and uh, I don't know, kind of just like put some thought into it. I, I think that's what it when it's and when there's an element of, um, I don't know, but, uh, fun with it.
0: Yeah. Uh, there, I, um... It's not pan. Uh, I think it's I think it's maybe demisexual or something. along. I looked it up a while ago, but it is the attraction to the intellectual uh, portion of, of the brains. I'm, I'm not cut up on all that stuff. I, I wish I was. Um, but, you know, that I, I've noticed that when a woman speaks to me, uh, especially when I'm trying to date somebody. Uh, and now, like, if I get an OK or, you know, if she is actually engaged in something, it, it sparks a, something a little bit more inside of me that's like, yeah, no, that that's yeah, I want that. I want somebody who can communicate with me, who can you know express and and talk, and and that is very attractive. Instead of just the, you know, hey big Bala. And it's like ah, yeah, let's maybe not you know like yeah the 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 definite, the intellectual side of it can can definitely be good. And speaking of the intellectual side, you were telling me that you have a um you have a, a segment on your OnlyFans called books and boobs. Was it
1: books and boobs? Yeah, books and boobies. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a I'm a prolific reader. I love to read. Um, I love a lot of nonfiction. Uh, my background is in kind of history and culture and that kind of thing. So a lot of my my bookshelf, which is both uh, organized, um, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, gotcha. I just oh. had to I just had to mean mug my my PC, so we're good.
1: Yeah. So my my bookshelf is loaded with books that I love, and so. Um, one of the pieces of feedback I started getting very early on when I started posting stuff and interacting with fans was, Hey, you're really smart. You should, you should use that on your page. You should talk about the things that you love that are kind of more intellectual. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to go for it. So I started this, um, segment every, every Wednesday. I, uh, I post a completely G rated, fully clothed video, giving a book review and, um, then I accompany it with some, uh, Less uh, G-rated photos, and so for the fans that just are there for the not safe for work content, there's that. Um, And then, but if you are there for to be stimulated in areas other than, you know, the typical ones you would think of on an OnlyFans page, um, you know, and I have found that uh, this has been really successful. People really like it. They look forward to it. They respond. They send me. I have an entire notebook filled with book suggestions that have been generated by um fans responding to these videos. I it morphed into some board game reviews. I, I've done three episodes now of board games and boobies, um, where I talk about I've talked about two player games, um, intro games, and um I did one with my girlfriend on Lords of Waterdeep, which is her favorite game. That was the first episode that we did of that. And um it's just fun. And I think, you know, part of what makes a person attractive is more than is going, you know, deeper than just skin deep. Right. So Mm -hmm. when you're building an attraction and you're building a connection with someone, you want that full experience. You want to know who they are separate from, you know, just a a body on the internet. There's lots of bodies. I, am like, I said, (laughs) I'm almost 40. I, I look, I think I look pretty all right for almost 40, but like, I can't compete as just a body. So, um, I try to bring the rest of me to the table too. And, uh, so far that's been pretty successful.
0: I'm just going to throw this out there. I thought you were like 30. Yeah, well, hey, hey. Early, early 30s. So, yeah, uh, but I mean, that, that was something else I wanted to touch on. And, and, and we'll, we'll kind of come back ar- around to just the, the caveman body want thing. Uh, I, I want to know what was it or what triggered like, hey, let's, you know, let's let's start, you know, throwing my body out there on the Internet. And then what did it morph into? Hey, let's post these pictures. And you're like, hey, a lot of people like it. Let's see if I can make money or, or what was the journey to go from Reddit to OnlyFans to where you're at now?
1: that's a great question. So, um, there were a couple things involved in that, uh, adventure. Um, one thing I have observed, I'm going to back up a little bit sure. is that, um, so I've been married for 17 years, very happily married. Um, I have a great sex life and, uh, but unfortunately, one of the things I've started to observe is that a lot of couples who've been married for a long time, uh, don't have a great sex life or have complaints about their sex life. Um, and a lot of women, uh, I think, sometimes are unsure of how to um, embrace kind of their sexuality, embrace their sexual side. It's our culture is very uh, good at diminishing a woman's, uh, you know, sexuality and really kind of repressing it. This has been going on for centuries and millennia, but you know, it's still a problem. And um, so, I think. Part of what was behind it for me was kind of an experiment. I love, I'm, I'm a very uh, process-driven person. I like to experiment on myself. So I've done all kinds of sort of intellectual experiments and philosophical experiments. This was kind of like, all right, I'm going to take my sexuality. and I'm going to put it out there and see what happens. Um, I, I feel like I have worked very hard to embrace my sexuality and to enjoy it, explore it, have fun with it. Um, and maybe by doing that, I might encourage other women. Um, and if nothing else, maybe like invite a more of a conversation or take part in what I hope is already underway, which is a, a more openness towards uh, sex work as uh, a legitimate career. And um, because I think that it can fill a really important space for many people. I think sexuality is A powerful form of communication. And when it's um, modeled in a kind of healthy, consensual way, uh, I hope that it can serve as, you know, a place for people to take some of that and, you know, bring it back to conversations in their own life. So that's a long and complex answer to I decided to start an OnlyFans page and uh, use Reddit to promote myself. So that was how it started. It was like, this is an experiment. And so far, it's going well. So I'm going to keep it up
0: you literally touched on like five things that I was just like, hell fucking. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I see it all the time on, on Reddit or not Reddit, uh, but like Tinder and Bumble, like, you know, I'm Polly, I'm this. And like, you know, before you would hear about poly and you're like, ah. and then I ended up, uh, I, I guess you wouldn't really call it dating, but I became a partner of an individual who was Polly. And it did teach me a lot about sexuality. And it did teach me a lot about women, uh, women empowerment. And I realized like, you know, it, 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 it had this, uh, I guess you would call it like a sexual awakening inside of me that I was like, huh, this is something new, you know, and mm. the the power dynamic of of where the men were and where women are coming up now is like, it's it's equal, if not where women are starting to become more powerful than men, just simply because of the sway that many women start holding, you know, you, you hear about the Church of Latter-day Saints or the, uh, the LDS guys, you uh, Oh, who is that famous dude out in Waco? You don't uh, – with the church that blew up? The, oh. The Waco, Texas?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh.
0: You know who I'm Forgive talking – Yeah, but
1: he – I know who you're talking about, but yeah. remember, remembering my age, you know, my brain isn't what it used to be. Oh, God. But,
0: I, I got to Google this. Waco incident.
1: It's the Branch Davidians, right? Yeah, the I Branch Davidians. can't think of the guy's name but yes i know who you're
0: talking about i don't care i'm not that yeah the branch davidians Uh, correct yeah right there third one
1: we got there
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but like david koresh you know he's got like all these wives and and you know like his followers have all these wives and all of a sudden now you know like i watched some documentaries that i've been seeing on real stories where it's like me and my five husbands i'm like that's kind of (laughs) dope you know and (laughs) I I I I'm a very jealous individual. I will say that, like I I have I, I'm very extremely jealous, uh, and and I've I've kind of learned that. So, but like just to watch the power dynamics and watch women open up into this into these beings, where I'm just like, this is really fucking tits. Like, and not to you know use it in, in in a very derogative way. It's just like that's it's just amazing to watch what's happened. You know, well,
1: and I think what's really cool again like we could do an entire episode on jealousy and in fact that's <laughs> another thing that i'm sort of playing with on my only fans page is like conversations around relationships mm-hmm. polyamory jealousy etc um and i just kind of record myself rambling and musing um about that as well but i think uh what one of the things that's cool about something like only fans is that you know there is so much objectification of women and you can handle that one of two ways you can, you know, critique it, resist it, etc. Or mm-hmm. you can say, you know what, I'm going to choose to kind of own my body, have agency over my body and, um, and celebrate it in the way that I want to. And I think that's a very empowering space. And I will be honest that like the vast, vast majority of people that I've interacted with throughout this have been respectful, polite, uh, and just and just fun. In fact, my biggest complaint is that I can't respond meaningfully to everybody that has reached out to me. Like I have a lot of conversations that I like to kind of start and and get to know people. There are so many cool people who have, um, you know, reached out to me and and want. I I wish I, I had the time to kind of engage with everyone because I think there it's such an a powerful space for a woman to kind of occupy and to, um build relationships around. I think it's cool.
0: Yeah, there, there was a, a a gal on YouTube, I think it's called Sexonomics, and she does a series on how OnlyFans basically is doing exactly what you're talking about, how women are taking back the power, how no longer is it an objectification, but you know, you have the power to do what you want, how you want and make money the way you want. And she does an expert piece on it, and it talks exactly what you're talking about. It's it's uh, I think about a fifteen minute episode. I listened to it, it. It's it was been out for a while, but it talks exactly what you're you're talking about there. And and speaking of the taking the power back and kind of the you know instead of the overtly sexual sexualization that porn has, I I do have to ask because I am very curious about this. You hear the argument all the time. Oh, I can tell I can tell she's faking that. You know that pleasurable moment. Uh. Would you say that women are more real or more fake now that they can do what they want, how they want, when they want, instead of for, you know, the, the cast and crew?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. So I can only speak for myself. I think that part of why I did this is because I enjoy sex. I like sex. I, I find it pleasurable in a, in a real way. So I, I say like, in my little description on Reddit, I say like, do I think I'm a porn star? Heck no, I'm not. These are videos and the, the content that I'm sharing is is me. It's me mm-hmm. doing the things that I enjoy. So I am not acting, I am not faking, I am enjoying myself and filming it to share with other people. I have followed a number of other accounts that are you know, just sort of similar to mine, You know, not these huge accounts. I don't um, subscribe to any really big ones. Uh, so I, I can't speak to those, but I think the women who have been the most successful, especially those who have used Reddit, because there's a great community of women and men, uh, content producers on Reddit, um, and I'm part of that, so I see a lot of their conversations. They are the ones who are the most real. They are not performing. They are, they are um, you know, sharing uh, G-rated content as, where, as well as not-safe-for-work content so that their fans can kind of have a glimpse into their life. And that's very much what I've tried to do. So, you know, I don't think it's a, it's as appealing to watch somebody fake it or act. I think it's much more appealing to watch a real person doing something real. So that has been my guiding principle. And I think the the accounts that I've looked at that I would say are are the most successful are the ones that are going about it that style.
0: I appreciate it that it, that is a question that I was a little afraid to ask, just simply because it was going down that perverted route that I didn't really want to go. But who else better to ask than a content creator? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, now I. So what? Continue- what what would you call yourself? Because I, I had a hard time kind of describing to, uh, you know, cause I was talking to a couple of the guys at work. I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing this little side podcast and a couple of them have interests in it. And a few of them might actually listen to it, but I, I, I didn't know how to describe you. I, I didn't know if you were a porn star. I don't know if you're an adult content creator. What would you oh. describe yourself as then if you're neither of those two? Oh
1: man. Um, well, I mean, I guess I'm a, a, a content creator to the extent that there is isn't an- absolutely a creative element up to it like i have a notebook um my i told you i have a kind of a the theater geek in me has loved yeah. this but also just like the, the 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 nerd that likes to get dressed up you know so i <laughs> I, I like a, a notebook of like ideas for shoots like do i do like lingerie and that kind of thing of course that's fun it's fun to get dressed up in pretty yeah. things but do i also want to wear like you know, a nerdy t shirt, like, heck, yeah. So I try to keep um, the creative element of it at the forefront. Um, so that I'm having uh, so that I'm having fun with it. I don't, I don't need to do this. I have a a, a nine to five. And, um, you know, I, I'm not dependent on this for my, um, my living. So I'm, I'm very aware of my privilege in that regard. So I can afford to kind of have fun with this. Mm. But because I'm, you know, I'm doing it for fun. I want it to be something that um, I'm enjoying and feels, uh, you know, kind of whimsical. So um, yeah, there is an absolute creative element. To, I guess I, I would just call myself a, a kinky geek that likes to <laughs> yeah. record stuff and put it on the internet.
0: That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, no, that's, that's absolutely fantastic. Cause I, I did, you know, I, I just reverted to, you know, Oh, I'm, I've got an interview with a porn star or I got an interview with an adult content creator. Cause I didn't, you know, with only fans, it, it, it did take the, uh, it did take the industry by storm and it's just like, well, they're not tech, you know, it's like not technically this, but not technically this. So, uh, a kinky nerd is, is absolutely fantastic. Now, if you don't mind, I want to nerd out here. Uh, cause you, kind of, you kind of alluded to it earlier. So I've got, I've got like one, one more question about kind of the the photos and the videos. And then I, I want to go into what I nerd out about. Um, do you, you said you have a notebook. Is it like, Hey, this week is going to be, you know, Alice in Wonderland and the next week we'll do finding Nemo. Like, how does that work?
1: (laughs) I have no fish related content (laughs) yet, but now you're giving me a lot of great ideas. Uh, no, it's, there is really no themes other than, um, like i mentioned, I have my, my regular episode every Wednesday. Um, I do, uh, I make a lot of content with my girlfriend. Um, We have fun together. So like for pride month, we did a bunch of like fun kind of rainbow. We did like rainbow roller girl. We did roller skates and did like a whole shoot with that. That was super fun. Like retro kind of um, eighties looking costumes and that kind of thing. Um, So, you know, like, do I look forward to holidays to kind of play with that, you know, those themes? Absolutely. Like that's fun. But from week to week, it's really kind of, what do I feel like doing? Um, what yeah. sparks my interest or what do people want to see? Like, I love hearing from fans. I love hearing like the Balma thing was a fan request. I've made a lot of custom content, um, where people come to me and they say, Oh, I really want to see such, such and such. And then I get to have fun with it and make some nerdy dream come true. Like who doesn't want to do that? It's so fun.
0: <laughs> do, do they have to, do they have to persuade you to make it? Or is it just kind of like, no, that's dope. I'm going to do that
1: really depends so if it's like a custom video request and it's just for them, then that is you know and it, it, you asked me at at one point about like payment how does all of this work So when you subscribe, you get all of the content that's on there. so right now I have like almost a thousand photos, a hundred videos you're getting daily content all of that is included in uh, a very affordable monthly fee yes, if you want affordable. something that's just for you, um, then that's an additional fee. But a lot of it is just like, oh, you know, you should post some photos in wearing such and such. And it's like, sure, I'll do that. You know, like, because then again, that, that that makes it more dynamic. And I get to say when I put that content out there, this was a request from a fan. And like, that's super fun. I did I did um, some pictures recently where I recreated the album cover of um, Enema of the State by Blink-182 with the, the nurse costume. And I had so much fun with that like those kinds of requests are just they're playful and they allow me to kind of like lean into that role-playing thing that i just love so
0: you know it's funny because i have uh like i'm one of my playlists is blink 182 and that is my favorite album by them i was scrolling by that and I saw it, I was like, oh, that's a cool dope nose costume. And I just kept scrolling, and now that you mentioned it's the cover of Blink-182, I was like, how did I not notice that? <laughs> yeah, a lot of
1: people got it right away, some people did not, but it was uh, for those, you know, people like myself who who loved them then and love them now, um, it was a lot of fun to make those.
0: Yeah, but then again, you got to remember, I said, oh, if my microphone is sideways, the audio is going to come out sideways, that's, that's just, I'm not always in the best mind state. <laughs> Um <laughs>
1: I've been waiting to use that joke on you since you first reached out to me so
0: well i I appreciate that you did your research as much as I did research on you, and I hope you appreciate the the what i uh, what I put together so thank you I guess yes I do um i I have to ask and by the way you you do have a what I would consider because I'm a very frugal individual like i when it comes to like my my setup and my gaming equipment and stuff like that, I'll I'll pay out the uh, the rear end for it because that's that's what I nerd out on. But in it, if it's something that is entertainment or commodity, I I get very frugal with it. And your prices are very reasonable. I will definitely admit, um, you know, for for somebody uh, as 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 if you uh, well, fuck it, as good looking as you are, and for the kind of content that I've seen on Reddit, you are very affordable in your prices, and especially with how much content you have. I think everything is, is fantastically set up there. Um, when it comes to the monetization, uh, we'll, we'll touch on the filming aspect too. Is there kind of like a guideline that you follow or is it like, yeah, this is going to be X, Y, Z?
1: So I think a successful page has a balance of free content or not free Content that's included in your subscription, and then the occasional what I would call extra spicy content that I would throw up as a pay per view. I think in the month of June, or I don't think I even put up a single pay per view on my premium page. I usually will. Um, I've been, I guess, more generous and just putting everything out there. Part of it is like there is that exhibitionist in me. I like mm-hmm. putting out stuff. If I make something and I'm really proud of it and pleased with it, like I want to share it, so I will put it out there. Um, in terms of a payment structure for custom stuff, like I normally charge $10 a minute if I'm making, um, I'm sorry, no. Oh God, I'm going to have to go back and like, it, no, yeah, $10 a minute if I'm okay. making like a, a custom video. Um, but that's, that's going to you and you, you get to keep that. And so to me, you know, it's worth, some, it's worth to a lot of people to have something that is just for them or some pictures or whatever it might be. So, um. And that's up to the individual. I have a lot of people who come to my page. They enjoy the content. I never hear from them. That's fine. And then I have people who come. They want to message me every day. Um, they're very interactive. They comment on everything. Like I'm, I'm happy either way. I, as long as they're having fun, I'm having fun.
0: To use something that is very recent in the news, I think those are called NFTs, where uh, they're custom comments that are only created once. Look at that. <laughs> See? I read the fucking news, people. I'm, I'm semi... I know kind of what's going on in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so and, and that was something else that i wanted to talk about that that second paywall uh is that something that a lot and, I, and then again you can you know use your own experience but at, i'm very you know like i'm super new to this is there something that like is there something that's like yes this is how you do I, i'm wording it incorrectly here um is there a, a, a set standard that you go with where it's like, this is going to be extra content because it's, you know, this is a Carolina Reaper versus, you know, just Louisiana, you know, Tabasco sauce.
1: Yes. So okay. here here's the guiding the principle I use. You get the
0: oh, stand by. Posted. Stand by. I'm going to mean mug the computer again. All right, let's try that again. Go, go for it. Can you hear me now? Yes, ma'am.
1: So, um, that I have posted. so if that is a little bit more X-rated, that might be a pay-per-view only because um, I don't necessarily want it posted. I want it to be something that you can view and purchase. Um, so sometimes the content may not be for So um, and let's say I have a, a fan who wants to see foot fetish stuff or whatever. Um, okay. that may not be for everybody. So I'm going to put that there as a custom option that you can purchase, but it's not going to be posted
0: to my wall. Okay. So it, it more, more along the lines of custom content that, that somebody else has requested or something that's more a little niche that not everybody might not want. Exactly. And
1: I will say if I can be so bold as to go on my own little. One of the things that has been most interesting there with me is uh, exploring types of or uh, sexual niche behaviors, whatever, that not really um, part of my repertoire. It kind of, I guess, again, I'm a by, by trade, so it's like exploring more of that and realizing just the diversity of sexual interest and that to me is so fascinating like i love studying human behavior and just the way that we interact with each other so for me for if somebody to me, a total stranger and to say i'm really interested in seeing this thing are you willing to do that to me that is an act of unbelievable trust and vulnerability because i turn around and say hey that's that's weird that's super fucking weird i don't want to do that but my approach is always like hey if, if I consent to this and I don't feel unsafe and I'm choosing to do it like, heck yeah, I'll make that thing for you. And to me, I get to fulfill a need that that person may not otherwise be able to fill. And that I I feel really good about that. I think it's one of the privileges of being in this business is being able to give people something that maybe they couldn't otherwise have.
0: I, I will say that, um, I've had those moments where there is something very unique and specific uh, that I have uh, desired or wanted and to have somebody fulfill that is uh, beyond uh, an, ex- an experience above and beyond you know there yeah. there's definitely something where you can be like where somebody's actually opening up to you and saying hey uh, I need you to do this this or this or I need this and then you're like dope can do and then you fulfill that that just opens people up uh, for, for way more. And I I think that is absolutely fantastic for you to, to be so accepting of of many different things. I mean, I haven't seen all the content on your page, but I, I do appreciate how open and accepting you are, which is actually really, really awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well,
1: I'm appreciative of you being interested in having me on your show to talk about <laughs> all of my weirdness. So thank you.
0: Well, I mean, you because uh, I, I scrolled through many, many subreddits. I did message upwards of 30 different individuals. But, it, you know, there was a difference between looking at somebody and going, this is just caveman brain right here. This is somebody that's somebody that understands the male caveman brain and says, here, have this slab of meat versus. Somebody who had something like your content, where I was like, this is an individual that not only takes time and effort and says, hey, you know, I'm going to make content that is not only, you know, just a little bit of caveman meat in there, but I'm going to add a a specific flair to it. And I've, you know, with the people that had, I would say more flair were the ones that were a little bit more open to response. So, I mean, you're a perfect candidate for something like this. You're not just going to be like, oh, men like the way my tits look, you know, (laughs) that's not it. You know, that's not what a lot of people want. (laughs) Well, yeah, they do. But yeah. Um, so this is, this is, this is where I'm going to touch on some things that I love. What kind of like, do you have like a, like a iPhone X max that you use to record everything? Or do you like DLSS or like what, what do you use to create your content?
1: Okay. So I have a not very fancy phone. I'm going to be upgrading my phone, um, which is something I'm looking forward to next month. Um, I have an Android. It takes pretty good pictures. I use, uh, not totally free editing software. I don't edit much. So like a word about me, I am not a very frilly person. I don't wear a lot of makeup. I actually don't wear like any makeup on my face. It drives me crazy. I can't stand it. So like I'll put eye makeup on. Occasionally I'll put false lashes on if I'm feeling extra fancy. So like I'm not the type of person who's going to spend hours editing my stuff. It's like take it or leave it. Like this is me, <laughs> you know. So um, basically I take I take a lot of pictures. I weed them down. I do a little bit of editing, basically just with the lighting, just to make it a little bit more clear, and and that's that. I am looking forward to investing probably in a GoPro for the videos because I think um, that could up my game a little bit in terms of quality and also just some of the technology is really cool. Being able to see how the camera is positioned from um, to be able to like make sure that everything's in the shot. Nothing is worse than recording a video and then realizing it was kind of off or like blurry or God, God only knows if I had to trash content before and that's a bummer. So
0: I I will say that I have thoroughly enjoyed the pixel. I think it was uh five or no four a five G. Is okay. the, the latest one I got. It, the camera was really good. The only problem uh, with it is that the, the camera kind of sticks out a little bit and some of the cases mm-hmm. don't really have the best coverage of it. I realized that the other day when I dropped it and it's a nice big crack in the back there. So um, I just kind of be aware of that. I, I, I can show you, but I can't show the audience. Um, uh, nice. Yeah. I, I mean, thunder. It, it still takes amazing photos and it's it's got a nice uh, 0.6 so it kind of like fish lenses out. Uh, so you can take a lot of those cool wild, wide angles but these new phones are just as good as some of those you know, I think they're called DLSS uh, cameras and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, my husband did a lot of photography back in the day. He had a really nice Nikon and that mm-hmm. stuff is great but it requires uploading to your computer, editing, managing. The, the miracle of what smartphones have done for the porn industry is just endless.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <I, laughs> so it's so easy.
0: Yeah. I had a, I had an old school Nikon that was actually funny because it was in the military and I, I bought this the early digital camera. And one of the cool things was, is I could mount it to my NVG mount. And so like, instead instead of putting my NVGs like for like an exercise or something like that, I could mount it on the top of my helmet and then you could see kind of like what GoPros do now. So it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, nowadays you just like put this little tiny little thing on your shoulder and you're like, this, it's this huge, amazing view. Um, what is the, what, what equipment do um, what program do you do? You know what I'm trying to fucking um, yep. say. Again. I use,
1: uh, I have Lightroom on my phone okay. and um, I've also used one called Polish, which is nothing fancy, but they, it actually does a decent job, uh, lightning photos. Cause like I said, the biggest the biggest struggle is l- getting enough lighting. Um, I like natural light, so I, I try to shoot in natural light wherever possible. You made a comment about, I think, some of my woods photos. Mm-hmm. Um, that is my backyard. I live uh, in a lovely remote location where we have four and a half acres of of land uh, right behind our house and uh, even more behind that. So I'm very spoiled. I, I can be out in the woods and be naked and not worry about being caught, which is great. I don't want to go to jail. So let's not.
0: All right. Well, there's a question ticked off there. Fantastic. Wait to, way to, wait to, lead into that. That's great. Um, did you read that article? I talked about uh perineum sunning. Yeah.
1: So I, I have heard about that before. That was not what I was doing in that photo. I do a lot of yoga. Yoga was something I took up during a running injury years ago and kind of fell in love with. I love, I discovered I really love being upside down. I got into like handstands and hand balancing, um, I mentioned to do some rock climbing, so it's a great way to build like upper body strength. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have never done perineum stunning. So I'm sorry to disappoint. I was just literally trying to get a a cool pose for a cool shot.
0: Well, it was just funny because I, I scrolled through your content once to create a bunch of the questions and I scrolled through again. It was like, that looks like something I know. And then I remember this article, I think it was it was it was on Facebook where it's like not the onion and it's like people are just sunning their buttholes for, you know, fantastic things. And it's like that like have you ever just seen a fad and you're just like, what in the devil are people thinking?
1: So I used to feel that way. And then I started an OnlyFans account. And I started seeing other people's buttholes and started thinking, huh, like that's a really cute butthole. Like, I wonder if you have to like do special things to like, you know, improve the appearance or, you know, so I I at least feel like I have more insight into the desire to um, expose and improve (laughs) one's butthole.
0: I I have, I have, I have noticed in some photos where it's just like, yep, they, they 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 bleach that or it's like yep. you, you know i got you no i i mean i can't i can't tell i don't i don't know it's it's weird for me we're going to skip that topic <laughs> that's probably uh, for that uh so when it comes to the equipment you said you're upgrading your phone is that basically all that you're going to upgrade is just that like that's the that's what you use to make your content
1: that's for the time being yeah i have a i have a great um tripod that i i I told you my husband did a lot of photography so he had a really Mm. nice uh tripod and um i have a a good ring light but like again you know i'm not a porn star i never Mm. had i never went out to to do that what i went my my goal was to say hey this is me just more naked so like you're gonna see uh you know I, i throw up all kinds of photos that um, I more so on reddit than on my only fans page, but like reddit is it has become kind of like more like a blog for me. It's like you know some of it is to subreddits, but like some of its to my profile like hey
0: Oh come on internet, please don't be dumb. And it seems like a all right. Uh, so I, I did have a a, a quick question here uh, about your hair color. What made you choose that kind of teal?
1: Uh, so i a couple of blue. I've always my favorite color. Mm-hmm. Um, I have mermaid tattoo. So I guess I I went blue probably like three plus years ago and it has sort of settled into this greenish bluish teal because it's just a fun color.
0: Okay, all right, yeah, I I turned off the audio or the uh, my video for you there just to make sure it seems like that might have been eating up a little bit more bandwidth. So uh, so it 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 just it was just kind of a random like yeah here we go let's try it.
1: Gem tones, I really do. So this was, um, you know, and my. I feel like my, my brand is very colorful and vibrant. I love rainbows. I have loved rainbow rainbows my entire life. I have loved bright colors my entire life. I still remember my childhood box of neon Crayola crayons and they were like a prized possession of mine and in the eighties and, um, I've never really outgrown it. So when, when fashion colors became a thing for hair color and I had a, I finally had a job where it didn't matter if I colored my hair, um, I absolutely went for it. Fantastic!
0: So. That I I love the 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 random colors that women have come up with today. I mean, uh, I was at the grocery store the other day, and this girl had like these bra- She had two braids going down the the left and right side, or one braid going down the left and one braid going down the right. And the braids were like a flash of pink up front, and the rest was like blonde. But it, it looked fantastic. I was just like, "That's super cool." How do you like? How do, how does somebody like come up with that nonsense? Like I'm like, "Hey, this is kind of neat." And I look somewhere else, and it's just like, "Wow, that's fantastic." Yeah. <laughs> I do it
1: myself. That's a big money saver, so it allows me to play a little bit more.
0: Oh, nice. Uh, so I, I did. I did want to kind of dive uh, into a piece that I feel is is a little bit more important to uh content creators who are just out who are who i guess you could call celebrities in in a in a sense that you were an individual who's going to be known by more than just the the regular amount of people uh did you happen to see the the gals that showed up at justin bieber's house the other day
1: i did not no uh
0: so basically justin bieber's got this apartment i guess in new york or los angeles or somewhere i was half paying attention and uh these the because I, I listened to uh, a YouTuber at work and he was telling me a story about how he showed up to the house and all of a sudden, um, basically the girl was like, "Oh, just can we get out?" And he's like, "Listen, ladies, this is my house. The, like, you go home. This is where I go to escape the world. You know, can you please not show up?" And one of the girl, one of the girls goes, "Can I get a hug, though?" Or she's like, "Can I, Can we get a hug?" And it's like, "Were you listening?" So you're like, have you? Oh boy have you ever had an interaction like that in public where somebody noticed you and it was just like, you have no respect for boundaries period end of story.
1: I have not, I I don't think I'm, I have a big enough account for that to happen. Okay. I've had a few times where people have recognized, um, it's been like a little too close to home on Reddit. Like I'm a trail okay. runner and, and somebody noticed like, Oh, I know where you are or like, and some of that is, is fine. I'm putting out that content. That's my choice. Um, my only you know i i have some concerns cuz i have mentioned gen con quite a few times like on this podcast but also on my page so i'm like you know i'll be there with my family i hope people are respectful and and don't you know do anything irresponsible or or disrespectful if if i am recognized but again you know um i, I it's part of i'm going into this eyes wide open like this i i know that that is a risk and so my way of handling it is if i see something I message the person, I say, hey, you know, I'm trying to keep my identity a little bit more private. I'm going to delete your comment. I hope you understand why. And and so far, I've not had a single person push back on that. They've said, oh, yeah, absolutely. I wasn't thinking, go ahead. So,
0: Okay, so th- there was definitely that, that respect there.
1: Absolutely. And I try to be respectful in it. I, I feel like if you lead with respect, you tend to get that back. So um, like, if people are disrespectful to me, I just disengage. I'm not out to like, be a keyboard cowboy with strangers on the internet. I don't get off on that. I don't like it. So if you're disrespectful, I just, you know, I block you and that's the end of that. That's um easy. but if yep, most people, like I said, the vast majority of people are are kind, they're sweet, they're, you know, friendly and I my only regret is that I can't properly engage with as many people as I'd like to cuz <laughs> I I could talk all day.
0: <laughs> it's, is is there an overwhelming amount of messages that come through because that was, that was one of the reasons why I messaged as many people as I did because I was just like there's no way there's no way that these people are going to see my random ass just like hey meh, you know
1: Um. some days yes I think there are days where you know a particular photo will hit big on a subreddit and you know I'll get 30-40 chat requests that all come through in the uh. span of you know an hour or two and that can be a little overwhelming um I try to respond to almost every message that comes through if I just get a hey and you know that's probably not going to get much but a lot of people put a surprising amount of thought into their messages and like at least at this point I am small enough that I like if I see somebody that like puts a lot of thought into their message it's almost impossible for me to to just ignore it completely. I try to at least say, "Okay, this was great. You really made me smile. Thank you so much." Um, so I I do my best um, to to respond, and uh, you know, uh, uh, at least for now. Like if if it gets to a point yeah. where I I can't manage, then there you go.
0: So. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, so I, I do I do want to kind of go uh, on that, that you said that uh, I'm on all four major dating apps. I'm on Tinder, I'm on Bumble, I'm on something called Hinge, which is new, and Facebook sure. Dating. Um, I, I, I do tend to be a little wordy, as you probably noticed from the first email. I have a lot to say and weird ways to say it. Is is that something that you think in the women of your circles that you know kind of likes a little bit more when a man is more than just like a hey, what's up? It like you know, if they throw a little bit of fence in there or something like that.
1: Oh, absolutely! Like okay. that's gonna get my attention every single time versus the hey or you're hot or send me, which is <laughs> like the worst opening line of all his of all time. Um, what I do by I warn the listeners, you send me a message. And send me a message photo of uh, lo mein noodles back so you are spicy news for picture me <laughs> um the uh for me like...
0: oh no internet don't do that come on now show me some love that's yeah, a little bit of love right there uh let's try <laughs> something else
1: um, can you hear me now?
0: Yes, ma'am. I, I don't know okay. what it is about Discord, but Discord every once in a while, just, it, it, it's one of the more clear apps that I can use to record conversations. Uh, I noticed that Facebook works absolutely the best for these things, although I suffer a little bit of audio loss. And I'm not going to be like, hey, here's my Facebook. Let me just give you everything I know. You know, Discord is one of those where you can still kind of remain uh, anonymous enough. So, I, well...
1: I, It's working for me, and I'm. I hopefully we can we can get to the end of this without too much uh, (laughs) upheaval. But yeah, no, I think like I'm going to be much more intrigued by some effort and some sophistication in your answer request, whatever it might be. Um, So I say keep going with your wordy self.
0: Dope. Uh, I I have a prospect, and I'm I'm thoroughly excited. I I did a a, what's in the gamer industry a, a pro gamer move. Uh, I, I, I leaned a little bit more into one of the uh, snippets that she had made earlier on in the conversation. I'm, I'm going to hope it turns out positive, but we have yet to see. So uh, it's, it, it's, it's more of a long sought mission, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there.
1: Well, you can use <laughs> me as a letter of recommendation if you want.
0: Fa- well, I definitely will be like, Hey, I talked to somebody who's, you know, very awesome at life. I don't know how to rephrase it without sounding like a dumbass. My brain, like my, my brain now is like, you had a uh, energy. I, so I'm like addicted to, to energy drinks now. i like, I have to have like energy. And I took a G fuel before like I got here and my brain is now like, you need food. So I have a couple of quick questions. We're going to wrap this up here. Uh, when it comes to anything that you have to, or anything that you would like to tell your fans or anything that you would you know like to just kind of put out there in the world about yourself, what is it that you would you would want to add that we didn't get a chance to touch on, or kind of something that you're you're more passionate about?
1: Oh wow, that is a really good question. Um, hmm. So I guess I would say we've talked a lot about my brain through this mm-hmm. episode, um, gaming and and nerd content and academic my academic side. Um, I'm also very physical. I think I mentioned I'm a, I'm a runner. Um, I do a lot of endurance running. I did a marathon in April. I love um, hiking, uh, anything kind of using my body. So um, I welcome that kind of interest as well. Like if you're really into kind of fitness stuff or just like getting outside and exploring, like that's another, um, you know, overlap, I guess, if, if people are interested in talking about that. I could nerd out about fitness all day long, as much as I could nerd out about board gaming. So there you go. I'll throw that out there.
0: Oh, fantastic. I'm, I, I, I used to be into fitness. And then I will say trying to stay active in the military for six years, doing some of the dumb stuff I've done. I, I gave up as soon as I got out, I have zero motivation. So hoorah to you at 40 for pushing yourself to, to those degrees. I mean, there's a level of dedication that I see in some individuals who continuously work out and it is a level of dedication that is above and beyond like even my dedication for like video gaming or doing this podcast. I'm like that takes a lot more effort and, and and like drive to do because I've been there, done that. And it's just like to continue on for even more than, you know, six years and to to maintain some sort of, you know, physicality to where you're like, a, a, you know, somebody that is is more top tier than you would say your average Joe or Jane. Mm-hmm. I I got to give you kudos
1: thank you. It keeps me sane. I have a lot of energy clearly. So,
0: um, so I, I did want to touch on uh, some poly stuff in a different episode. Would you yep. be dope to like come back for that? Cause I have a couple of people that I could talk about and instead it, it might be more of a round table discussion.
1: I would love that. And you know, yeah. if you're interested, I could bring my girlfriend who's also a content creator and we can talk about, uh, where she's involved in a a sport that I'll let her talk about um that is very poly friendly there's a lot of just like um kind of poly people in that community um and I think both she and I came to it from different places but um have learned a lot about the lifestyle and and could speak to it um I what, don't want to
0: What sport? What what sport is poly friendly? I'm I'm like this is too intriguing
1: armored combat so my husband does this as well it is medieval armored combat so they they compete in full suits of armor with real steel weapons they are not sharp but they are heavy and real very real axes swords uh, all kinds of fun stuff and um it's a very aggressive violent fun sport took me a while to adjust to watching it because it is so violent um however i think it 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 definitely attracts a very uh, open-minded uh, people. There has to be, again, like sex. You have to have a lot of trust in this particular sport. You have to kind of uh, go into it um, accepting that the, you're probably going to, you might get hurt, but like that everyone's going to follow the rules. Everyone's going to be uh, wearing appropriate equipment. And um, so you can kind of unleash and, and that's pretty cool. And um, so I have found that a lot of people in the community are very Open-minded, very um, poly-friendly. Yeah, I Just leave I, it at that.
0: Would have never, no, not in a million years. I, I, you, I, you would have had to give me hundreds of guesses to even. I, I don't even think that would be in one of the. That I don't even think I'd have that in my brain. Like, yeah, medieval combat. That's that's super poly-friendly. Who would have, like? Okay, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, um, but
1: see, it's the same squishy mm-hmm. center of the Venn diagram. You have. You have role play, and you have uh, you have kinky geeks. Again, there are a lot of a lot of like gamers, a lot of um, uh, you know, just kind of nerdy folks in that community as well. So it's so interesting to me how it all kind of overlaps. But that's another episode.
0: Would they let me wear my kilt?
1: Oh hell yeah! Oh yeah, there's there's like tactical ta- kilts and classic kilts and every kind of man skirt you could imagine in that community.
0: I have some Googling and YouTube after this. Um, So, okay. Yeah. I would love to have your friend on. I've got, uh, I've got another lady who might be interested in telling your story. Uh, She's, she's the one that introduced me to polyamory and, and she was the one that I I had the relationship. I wouldn't call it a relationship with, but she's the one that kind of introduced me to it. So that might be interesting. Now uh, this is, this is part where you get to pimp yourself. Uh, Where can we find you? How can we find you? Sell it.
1: Hey. So in my hand on score, a score. It, Um, you asked me about where it came from. It. <laughs> it's I it. Um,
0: okay, we're yeah. we're gonna. I'm gonna break, This PC was very expensive, and it's being dumb right now. Um, I literally have you wired, hardwired, This has got to be on my end. I I love this. Oh, this trailer park is amazing. Uh do you read me Gothic Popsicle?
1: I do you read me?
0: I read you now. So uh Gothic underscore popsicle you said was your 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 Reddit handle.
1: Only fan, so it's only fan dot slash
0: popsicle.
1: You see a silly blue headed here.
0: Yeah, silly blue-headed, uh, blue-headed girl. Uh, yeah, so Gothic Popsicle, you would say is your your kind of brand that you got. Uh, come on, Internet, do what I want you to do. This is the part. This is the most important part of the whole podcast. Is where she pimps herself out. Come on, let's 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 be good to me here. because
1: so I'm not getting anything on my end that it's breaking up, so it's so funny. <laughs>
0: I think we're loud and clear. So Gothic underscore popsicle is your brand basically. Yes,
1: sir. that's ah. me.
0: All right. Well, uh, is, is there any parting words that you would like to say before we let the audience get going?
1: Um, I will just say that wherever you are and whoever you are, I hope that if this conversation, my content, other co- content on the internet helps inspire you to be more playful and have fun with your sex life, then it's an app. It's there.
0: So, everyone, uh, stay playful, stay cute, stay sexy. I love all your faces out there, and uh, everyone have a great rest of your night. All right, bye bye now, everybody. Late har har. Bye.